this is the place you want to be. You want to sit here where, where he's softening your heart. He's bringing down the walls. Maybe it's something you're not used to. Maybe you're not used to feeling the, the presence of the Holy Ghost moving. But this is where he wants us, and he wants you to sit here for a second. And he wants you to feel his love. He just wants you to sit there. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to speak to him. Because, man, he's ready to bring healing. He's ready to, to reconcile. He's ready to restore. He's ready to break chains. But, man, you just got to sit there for a moment. And just let him do that in you. Sometimes we don't need to cry out, and we don't need to scream, and we don't need to shout. We just need to sit. You just let that pour over you. Let that saturate you this morning. Just feel his love. That's what this is about. We worship him. We praise him. And then he rests on us. And when he rests on us, lives change. When he rests on us, hearts change. When he rests on us, to you. Let him speak to you. Let him speak to your heart. Come on. Just sit right there.
what he wants to hear this morning is that we love him. So can we just cry that out this morning? Come on, we love you. Yes. Tell them how much you love them. that this morning come on come on he first loved you who receives that this morning come on can we lift up a shout if you believe that this morning yes come on let's, we can do better than that let's give him what a king deserves in the house let's lift him up this morning yes come on yes <laughs> thank you that we can come in and worship you this morning. We thank you that we can do this. We get to do this, Father. That we get to worship you. And oh, how we love you, Lord. Father, we submit today to you, Father. Have your way in this place. Touch the hearts in this house. 
land. Let, let your praise echo across the land. Come on, holy. We love you, Father. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you. So, Father, this morning we just lift you up. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory in the house. In Jesus' mighty name, come on. And everybody said, amen. Come on, we can get louder than that, amen. Come on, he's so good. He's so good. Come on. Woo. Come on, we love, we love worshiping. We love worshiping him. And, and, man, I'm so excited to see what God's ready to do in the house. Do me a favor. Find somebody you don't know. Say hello. We'll be back in just a few minutes. something bigger than me as I've seen in the hospital room when the doctor sits on you there's nothing more we can do well it
All right, all right, all right. I love y'all, but have a seat. It's okay. I know people are getting coffee and using the restroom and all that awesome stuff. But, man, I, I love that part about our family where we just get to stand up, say hello, and I got to make y'all sit down. That's kind of cool. Like, we can fellowship afterwards, come to the house. Our house is open. Come on over. We'll invite everybody over. I don't Plenty of time to, to fellowship. What's that? We do now, brother. Thank you, Central Alabama Central Access. We are smarter and smarter each and every day. Come on. That is so good. It's going to drive me crazy if I don't line that thing up. I don't get it. It's just got to be good. So, man, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Okay, so not that good. Let's try it again. How's everybody doing this morning? That's what I'm talking about. I want to keep that excitement going, y'all. Come on, we love you guys. We're so fired up, so good morning. Welcome to Destiny. I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church, and we love y'all so much. Uh, we love everybody that watches online and tunes in online. We just we love everybody. Can't wait to have everybody back together uh, in one house at some point. So, uh, man, just come on back if you're out there and uh, come say hi to us because we miss y'all. But it is exciting. If you're new to the church, do me a favor. Uh, fill out a Connect card. You should have received a bulletin. If not, we'll get one to you. There's a Connect card out there. It's even at the connection desk, big wooden desk in the foyer. Uh, take a little bit of time. Fill that out. Let us know you were here. If you do that, guess what? We can reach out to you. We, we want to pray for you. We want to share uh, a message uh, or share the message of our church and who we are and what we do. But really, we just want to connect. That's it. We want to say hello invite you out uh, to come back or even just talk to you a little bit about who we are and what we do. So we can't do that if you don't fill it out. That's kind of important. Uh, we don't know you were here. So take a little bit of time and do that. If you would, uh, you can download our app, our Tithely app. Uh, so you can download our church app. That has all the information about the church on it. So you can take a picture of that. You can scan that. They're all over the church. So if you don't have time to scan that one, you know, go to the bathroom. You can scan one there. We are really good at putting stuff in the right places. Just letting you know, it's so awesome. But that has all the information about the church. You can do what you need. You can go on our website and check us out. We're there. We're on YouTube all over the place. Uh, but just a couple big announcements. These are things coming up uh, that, that aren't usual, but we have our baptisms on the 8th of August. So sign up for baptism. Look, that's your next step in your faith. So if you receive Christ and said, you know what, what's next? That is baptism. So let us baptize. We're going to be in here on the 8th and we'll do our, but we do baptism every other month. So it's a perfect time to get caught up with that. And maybe for you, it was just last time I was baptized. Baptized, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't understand it. And you just want to, to do that again and just confess your faith again. That's fine. You can do that. We love that. It's, it's awesome. So uh, if that's you, sign up online. You can call us. You can sign up. But, but man, we need to know because we like to do amazing things for our baptism. So uh, just give it a heads up there. Uh, I also want to talk about the 13th of August. It's a Friday. We have the Company of Believers. What that is is Papa Bo and Mama Rachel. Mama Rachel's in the back. Come on. We love you guys. Um, so Brother Bo, he's, he's my spiritual father, and um, what he does is he has a, um, a, a group and a gathering of churches that we are all doing life together, we're molding together, we're just doing this together, and uh, it's called Company of Believers, and on the 13th of August, we are hosting them right here, so we have a worship team coming in, we have churches coming in from Illinois, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, 
um, Texas probably. Last time I think we had some people from Texas. Um, but we're, you're invited. This is for everybody. This is for our church too. It's going to be a night of worship, a night of healing. It's going to be a night of whatever God wants to do. Okay, but we're going to be hosting that. So what that means is that, well, our normal stuff. You know, we're, we're going to do what we normally do here and love on people. And we, it might involve some food. I don't even know yet. We're going to figure it all out. Uh, but one of the biggest things we need right now are people to help host in their home. So we have a lot of churches coming in. Some of them are brand new churches that this is, they, they've never seen anything like this and how we gather like that. And they're bringing their, their church members. So, you know, if you, if you have a home or a bedroom you want to release, uh, we're, we're trying to welcome in families and help out whoever needs help. Some people will get hotels. We understand that. But, but if there are some families that need help and they just can't afford to, to go out and spend that kind of money on hotels and you have an open room, man, come on. Uh, let me know. Let the church know. This way we can pass that information out and we can make sure we have enough room to help host everybody that's coming in. But it's going to be powerful. And then we turn right around on that Sunday. There's going to be a worship gathering on that I mean, on that Saturday morning, too, it's going to be like a workshop for worship. It's going to be really cool. So if you're interested in that, you can show up on Saturday morning. But it's going to be powerful. Put that on your calendar. Be here. It's going to be phenomenal. We, we can't wait. Um, and last thing is, if, if you want to be a prayer warrior, look, this is so important. Uh, boosting up our prayer team. We're a church of prayer. So uh, where's Jazzy at? she come back in? She must be back on back in the back. So um, get a hold of Jazzy. She is now heading up our, our prayer warrior team. So if you want to be part of that and you want to help pray with us, we're out here sat Sunday morning. We're here bright and early, 8.30, you know, trying to pray over the church, getting it ready for service. We also have uh, Monday night prayer where we come out here at 6 o'clock on Monday. All that stuff's incorporated. It's about praying with people afterwards. If that's your gift, if that's what you like to do, please join our team and get with Jazzy so she can lead us uh, with the best way to do that. So... All right, that's enough announcements. I'm already tired. I was tired watching Chuck worship up here. Dude, I was breathing heavy for you. I ain't exercised in a while. That's good stuff. So come on, Father, touch us this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this house. So, Father, I ask you to speak to me. Father, speak to my heart and let it be all you, not me, Father God. Let, let your word come out of my lips, Father God, and land on the ears and hearts that need to hear it this morning. Father, we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So come on, we are, uh, uh, we are in a, a brand new series called Identity. <laughs> if you're new here, they're laughing because this is our 15th week of the Identity series. Because I just can't break that off and everything I look at talks about our identity in Christ and who we are and what he thinks of us and what father thinks of us no matter what we've been through no matter what we're going through he loves us and we have a beloved identity and and that is such a foundation in who we are it's just such a foundation because it doesn't matter like he's there to wrap his arms around you he loves you he cares about you and he just wants you to submit to that and when you do that man lives change so, so we're still in this series. You know, I love it that, that we get to understand this because we, we know our new name is Hephzibah. Hephzibah, and that's my delight is in you. And so, so he delights in us. The Bible says he's going to rename us. Uh, and Hephzibah is that name. So, so that's so important. So we've talked about some of that. But it's not only our identity in him and what he thinks about us. Today kind of shifts a little bit because what's your identity to other people? See, it's easy to say God loves us and, and I love him and my identity in church is amazing and people see me worship and people see me pray and, and man, I just love on people and I just love everybody in church. But what do other people say about you when you leave church? 
do you keep that same identity when you walk outside the door? When you walk into your workplace, when you walk into your school, when you walk into Walmart, what's your identity? What do people say about you when they meet you? Is it that you're full of love and full of joy? Or is there, there's this, is it an angry person? Is it an impatient person? Is it, you know, somebody that, that you just don't want to be around? Because it's easy to claim it when you're in the house. It's easy to say I'm in his identity. So, so this is, this is where, I, this is where I, I look at it. So are you the person the same on the outside as here? Because I'm telling you, it's a, your identity doesn't change. You might change how you act, but your identity doesn't change. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, what season you're in. It doesn't matter if you're going through tough times or it's going through good times. It doesn't matter if you're richer or poor, if you're sick or if you're in health. Does that sound familiar? He's married to you. He loves you. You're his bride. And he says, it doesn't matter. I'm going to love you no matter what. And that's your identity. And when you walk in that identity, it gives you the power and the strength to keep moving in the Holy Ghost and let him use you in mighty, mighty ways. I always think of it this way. If I run into somebody and I'm in a bad mood that day, what opportunity did I just miss to show the light of God? I just missed an opportunity to show somebody how much he loves them because I'm having a bad day. So I got to choose to walk in my identity all the time. You know, uh, I think of WWE wrestlers or WWF people back when I was younger. Like, those guys had a great identity on screen, but you wouldn't even recognize them outside of that. Because that's not who they are, right? Unless they're in commercials like Macho Man. But I'm telling you, they they had a false identity. And when they were in front of people, they had this, this persona. But when they were away from people there was something totally different and our goal is not to be there our goal is to say look who I am who you see me I'm real and I just want to be a real person who God loves and I love father and I want to love everybody else and I need to be that real person everywhere I go because that affects the kingdom it truly does so we're called to be real you know I think of this for some of the military people in here I remember uh, we used to have a code of conduct that we had to follow and if you're ever a prisoner of war you weren't allowed to lose your identity. This just popped in my head this morning as I was, as I was going through it. One of the articles of the Code of Conduct, so when you join the military, you, you vow to do these things. And it doesn't matter. Like, you have to. You, you, this is your code. And Article 4 says, if I become a prisoner of war, I will keep faith with my fellow prisoners. I will give no information or take part in any action which might be harmful to my comrades. If I am senior, I will take command. If not, I will obey the lawful orders of those appointed over me and will back them up in every way. So even in those hard times in life when you have no control over what's going on, in the military it said, you don't lose your identity. You're a soldier. You're an airman. You're, you're a sailor. You're a coastie. You're a Marine. It doesn't matter. You don't lose your identity. And the same thing goes in our identity with Christ. We don't lose our identity even when those times get rough, even when times get, get tough. All right, we got to submit to that. we got to submit to some code. You know, the, this, the Article 6 of it says, I will never forget that I'm an American fighting for freedom, responsible for my actions, and dedicated to the principles which, are made, which made my country free. I will trust in my God and in the United States of America. That's what you say when you put that uniform on. You say, I'm willing to die for my country. I'm willing to do whatever it is for my country. Could you imagine if that was an article of, of what we confess to the Father? And we say, I will never forget that I'm a Christian. 
fighting for freedom, responsible for my actions, and dedicated to the principles which set me free. Hmm. And I will trust in my God and my Father. Changes everything when you apply something like that to you because, man, we, we control every act we do, everything we do. We, we have control over that. But we need to submit to what set us free. And when we constantly remember about the freedom that came to us through Father and through His forgiveness, man, it is easy to walk a straighter path because you're like, man, He loved me so much, He brought me out of this. And I'm pretty sure everybody in here can replace this with something. Right? We've all been through some stuff. Right? And he's walked us out of it, so it's easy. So it's so, so important we never forget whose we are and who we are. Ever. So even when we tell our kids, see, this is something we always told our kids, don't worry about what other people say about you. It doesn't matter. Well, it does to this. <laughs> this is the one thing that really matters. When you say... I used to tell my kids all the time, who cares what somebody says about you? It doesn't mean anything. But when you're in your walk, it matters what people say about you. Because how you walk this thing out is going to, it's either going to, you know, it's either going to draw people to you or push people away from you. And it's not you I'm talking about. It's drawing people to the kingdom or pushing people away from the kingdom. Because there's a lot of people that'll say, man, I just don't understand. You talk a whole bunch about church, but man, you, you're in pretty rough shape. So our walk means a lot. What other people say about us means a lot. You're like, man, okay, this is really deep today. <laughs> I'm not even into the message. Don't worry, you guys hang in. It's going to get better. But I want to go into this because it's... Uh, oh, we'll go to John. If you got your Bibles, go to John 13, 34 through 35. You've probably heard this. I've shared it. You've probably heard a lot of things I'm going to say because we've been doing this for 15 weeks. But if you took notes, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So I'm going to read out of the Passion, but it says, So I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as, as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. He says, you've got to love everybody else the same way I love you. And when you do that, you will have an identity of my follower. So that's what he's saying. You've got to walk the walk talk to talk and he's not saying all the rules I mean there's rules but look he's not saying if you follow all my rules he says they'll know if you just love people the way I love you that's pretty awesome when you think about it that, that, that you can love people the way he loves you and they will identify you with him and through him And it's not those people, because there, there are some people that like to try to be identified with that by preaching on the corners and, you know, and, and this, there's nothing wrong with this and praying for people all the time and they always got a word and they always got something. They, look, there's nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't gift you the identity of a follower of Christ. It says your love for other people will give you an identity. So that's what we're going to focus on. So it's, it's, it's just not what we do, it's, it's how we do what we do, which is in love and through love. So keep going in 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 through 12. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 through 12 says, There is no need for anyone to say much to you about loving your fellow believers, for God is continually teaching you to unselfishly love one another. 
See, he is constantly working on our hearts. The Holy Ghost is constantly moving in our hearts. And guess what? Once you start loving people, he continually teaches you to love more and to love more and to love more. You don't even have to fight about it anymore. Like you might have had to start that way and say, okay, I got to love people that I don't really know. Or I have to love people that don't have the same opinion of me. Or I have to love people that go to a different church as me. Or I've got to love all the, yes, you have to love all those people. And when you start loving people like that, it's tough. And you're thinking about it, but the Holy Ghost is constantly working on your inside. He's constantly telling you to continue to love and continue to love and continue to love. And pretty soon, it's like riding a bike. At first, you know, you're going to swerve left and right and potentially fall down and get back up. But then eventually, you're riding a bike. And what's funny is you don't forget how to love somebody. You really don't. You just start loving people. And everybody you come in contact with, you're, you're loving on them and you're hugging them. And, and, and you just love them. You just love them. And it doesn't matter what they're in, what they're doing. It doesn't matter what church they go to. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. None of that matters. It doesn't even matter if they go to church. You just love them. Okay. And it says in verse 10, it says, Indeed, your love is what you're known for throughout Macedonia. We urge you, beloved ones, to let this unselfish love increase and flow through you more and more. It says, indeed, your love is what you're known for. How many people know that at Destiny Church, we do have this little thing that we're known for love? People that come in go, man, I felt the love when I walked in the door. Everybody was talking to me. Everybody, But that's the love. That's a culture we've created. And we said that's how it's going to be. You know, we, people don't usually come here because, and this is nothing against anything. They don't come for preaching. They don't come for worship. They come because they feel like they're family and they feel loved. The rest of this is just awesome. I know. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it's just a benefit. right? But ultimately, you come because you feel loved and you feel like you fit and you belong. And that's what's, that's what's important. But he continues to say, this is, this is Paul. He says, we urge you, beloved ones, to let this unselfish love increase and flow through you more and more. He says, you must constantly increase in that. Never stop increasing. You're going to find more ways to love people. You're going to look at people that you think you probably couldn't love. But then you just start getting wrecked on the inside and you'll love them anyway. It goes on in verse 11. It says, aspire to lead a calm and peaceful life as you mind your own business and earn your living just as we taught you. By doing this, you will live an honorable life, influencing others and commanding respect of even the unbelievers. And then you'll be in need of nothing and not dependent upon others. That's one of my favorite verses right there. <laughs> I love what that says. It says, mind your own business. Why are you so worried about everybody else's opinions? We get so strung up on Facebook. It's unbelievable. You worry about what everybody says. I kind of shared some of this Tuesday night. But I'm like, we get so worried about everybody else's opinion. And the Bible says it perfectly. He says, lead a calm and peaceful life as you mind your own business. You want a peaceful life? Mind your own business. Don't worry about what other people are doing and saying. Don't worry about if they're in church raising their hand in worship or not. If they're sitting down there in worship or not. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Mind your own business. And he says, you'll live a peaceful life. Right? Live a peaceful life. It says, by doing this, doing what? Those, those three things, live a common, peaceful life, mind your own business, and earn your living. And by doing this, you will live an honorable life, influencing others and commanding respect of even the unbelievers. 
then you'll be in need of nothing and not dependent upon others. So as we do those things, guess what? We're not only reaching the believers, because that's important. We, we fight with believers more than we fight with anybody. You're like, uh-oh. We do. We have more issues with other believers, whether in your church or outside of your church, than anything else. And that's why I think last week, I don't know if it was last week, I think it was or it was Tuesday, I was saying it starts with the believers. you got to focus on people that, that are believers first. You can't even reach other people until you can come into agreement with people that, that, that believe. How are we supposed to, to, to get people that are unbelievers if we can't even get it right in the church? They're like, why well, I want to go to the church. I got that in my house. I know, see, y- y'all feel this. It's real. So it says we start there. And then you'll be in need of nothing and not dependent upon others. What I love about this, this is, this is like... Um, one, I, I like it because it shows that if you're just doing those things, man, unbelievers, people that just don't know, they want to know, like, why are you so different? Why is it okay to be around you? Why, why do I feel comfortable around you? Why? Because you're not judging them. You're minding your own business, and you're just loving them. You're not giving up on that commandment. You're saying, I'm going to love you, but I'm going to mind my own business. Now, there are certain things, obviously, that, that you know, I'm not going to get into some of the certain things that that you probably need to be aware of. Uh, It's in the Bible. But you still mind your own business. You mind your own business and love people. And as we do that, what I believe is that we become, all believers, these are people that are believing, doing these things. We become a self-sustaining community of believers that's impacting other believers through interpersonal relationships. So how are we going to change the world? It's through interpersonal relationships. It's through loving on other people. It's not through preaching the gospel. Sorry. I can preach the gospel all day, but if we don't love anybody, they're not listening. It all starts with the love. When you can love somebody, they actually pay attention to you. So we can actually change the world if you mind your own business and love one another. Man, what a concept. But we get so caught up with the struggles of wanting to be right and wanting to, wanting to have my opinion heard and, and making sure that, that I'm the right one and I, can, I, I'm just, I just know I'm better than you. I just know I, I have more information than you. That doesn't make a difference. We're supposed to love people and have a difference of opinion. That's okay. We should be able to walk in the same room and not believe in the same thing and be like, but I love you. Believe what you want. I love you. I mean, you can't deny that. I love you. Everything else is just there. But it says we're going to love everybody, even with a difference of opinion. And when we do that, go to Matthew 5, 14 through 16. This is, you know, this is the Sermon on the Mount. We spent a lot of time on this. (laughs) I seem like the other day, but I guess it wasn't. It's been well over 15 weeks. But Sermon on the Mount, when you go to this one, it says, Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance, and how you, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others, so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them, and then they will give their praise to your heavenly father 
So here he's talking about your lives light up the world. We've talked about this. This is, this is right out of the light. You know, you know, Jesus is the light. We get that. But we are sons and daughters of Father, right? So guess what? It's false light. It's, it's, the, it's a kingdom light. It's a revelation light. It's God light that's inside of you. So we are supposed to be so filled up with him that light streams from us. And everywhere we go, we're casting light. So it says, cast light on people. Light equals love says your lives light up the world so is your life lighting up the world are you lighting up the world everywhere you go with your attitude with your speech with your love see that's a that's a good challenge to be at and say man how can i wake up every day and be ready to walk out of my house just beaming just ready to go so every person i run into man it's just i'm just full of love and you're like, that's really hard. Yeah, I mean, we're humans. <laughs> and we live in the world. <laughs> and things happen. And we have kids. Oh, not us anymore, baby. It's, you know, until they come home to visit. But we still have kids. Yeah, we got grandkids, right? It's a whole different light. So he says, don't hide your light. He says, don't hide it. And then it can be a light to an unbeliever. You can make a big difference in the world when you don't hide your light. Because sometimes you got to realize that you might be the only taste of Jesus that somebody ever meets on a day-to-day basis. The people you work with, you know, the, the job where you go, I cannot stand going into work. <laughs> I can't believe the people I have to work with. And God's like, but I put you there on a mission, on purpose, to bring light to a place that has darkness. Right? That's what he's saying. Because it's okay. It's okay. So it's important that, that we do that. It's important we bring light. So I just wanted to wrap that up. I wanted you to understand where all that was coming from. And now I kind of want to dig in and, and wrap up where we've been when we've been in Isaiah talking about where all this thing streamed from. Okay? These puzzle pieces, we're going to try to join them together. I'm going to start in Isaiah 60, uh, and then I'm going to go through Isaiah 62. Not all of it. I'll probably read the verse, first couple of verses. But I want to show you that this is where we've been hanging out for 15 weeks. You know, this, this is a prophetic verse. This is a prophetic book. So he's speaking it over us, right? And, and, and this is where everything comes from. So the first four verses of Isaiah 60 says, Rise up in splendor and be radiant, for your light has dawned, and Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Look carefully. Blindness blanket, darkness blankets the earth. And thick gloom covers the nations, but Yahweh arouses, arises upon you, and the brightness of his glory appears over you. Nations will be attracted to your radiant light, and kings to the sunrise glory of your new day. Lift up your eyes higher, look all around you, and believe. For your sons are returning from far away, your daughters are being tenderly cared home, carried home. Watch as they all gather together, eager to come back to you. Man, what a prophetic word. He says, when's that going to happen? When the light shines upon you. So he says, wake up, right? Wake up. Rise up in splendor and be radiant. So this is the very first part. He's saying, if you rise up and wake up, the light will be on you. So you'll be in the light. Okay, so, so, so here, this is kind of like um, in the light. The light that's in you will then, that you're receiving, will then draw people to you. That's what it says, that nations will be drawn to you. Okay? Um, 
It's kind of like a, a bug zapper. <laughs> I live in the country. This is what I think of. So a bug zapper doesn't work well in the daytime. But when it's dark, it will draw everything into it. It draws every bug into it. Now, granted, they're getting zapped. Ignore, ignore that part. That doesn't make any sense. We're not trying to zap people. What I'm saying is when your light's so bright, when there's darkness in the world and you walk into the darkness, people are going to come towards the light. Okay, and that's why we're left on earth. We are left here. God placed us here to be the light to other people. So guess what? It's okay when it's dark. It's okay when there's darkness going around us. It's okay when we see things start falling apart in the world. Mind your own business, love people, and be the light. We don't control a lot of things. Quit trying to. Quit stressing out over stuff you don't control. Stay focused on who you are and who God made you to be, and that's a light. And that's what's going to happen when you walk with him, when, when, when you submit to him. Man, when darkness comes, you're just a light. Can't help it. You don't have to do anything with it. I talked about that last week. You just walk around. You know, Peter walked around, and his shadow healed people. He didn't even have to touch them. So when darkness is around, you could have that power where you could just walk by people, and they're going to go, man. What is up with that person? Could be anywhere. Like I said, I used to love our Walmart stories. You just walk into Walmart to see who you run into. My wife yells at me all the time. Can you just not get the buggy and go get some stuff? <laughs> she doesn't say buggy, though. She's not from the South. It's a cart. Look, I'm transforming every day. Ten years in the South, it's starting to come out of me. It's a buggy now. She's like, just go get something. Why are you walking around with your head up looking for everybody? I'm like, because there's going to be somebody I'm supposed to talk to. Like, God will bring somebody and put somebody in front of me, and I'm supposed to talk to them. It's awesome. There's some days she just keeps going. I'll be talking to somebody, and someone will be lined up next to him. And I'm like, all right. They're just listening to the whole conversation. <laughs> I guess you're waiting for me. Okay, hang on one second. But I love it. Like, that's, that's what I do. I like that stuff. I like talking to people. But that's what I'm talking about. Be out there so when people see you, they're drawn to you. They want to know what's going on. They, they, they want to know, you know, that, that's it. They just, there's something different about you. And it's okay to be different. I love being different. You know, but when I think about light, here, here's the problem with light. A light has all different kinds of levels of brightness. Okay, so it depends on who, how bright you are. And how bright you are depends on your unity with him depends upon uh, the braiding with him depends on your perspective what perspective do you have of God is he a God that sits up in a mighty place and you can't talk to because he's got a robe on with a big old you know mallet and, he, and you can't talk to him or is he a father who you can climb up in his lap and listen to his heartbeat that's a different perspective you know think about lights um we have them in here. I've got my study room at the house. I've got six floodlights. I would love to tell you that all those lights match. <laughs> sometimes you just grab the wrong thing a box. So you just change out a couple. And my daughter comes home sometimes. She's like, Dad, why are the lights different? Like you walk in and these two are bright. This one's bright. Everything else is dim. I'm like, I'm lazy. I just don't want to go down and buy anymore. But it's different and it's not as bright. It's, there's something missing. It's not as bright as it could be because I've got different levels of light. Come out to my house at night. Man, 
there's nothing out there. There's no lights. Like my wife yells at me all the time, we don't even have street lights. We live out in the country. It's black. <laughs> but when you look up and you see the stars, they're the brightest stars you've ever seen. But those stars are the same stars you see over top of Montgomery. They're the same stars you see over Prattville. But guess what's wrong? There's, there's competition with light. So you have all these lights going up, and what it does is it draws the brightness of the stars. You don't see it the same way. It's, not, they're, they're, it's a different perspective. It's not braided together with one vision, one vision of Father's vision. And when you're braided in with his vision, your light will shine brighter than everybody else's. See, that's the goal. Quit having a, a, all these different lights and different perspectives trying to draw you into one. It's, it's one perspective, his perspective, and you'll be the brightest thing in the sky. So we need less competing light. And when we do all that, and we fix our interpersonal relationships, and we start, you know, fixing those things, then our sons and daughters, guess what? They're going to return home. And I believe that for this church. We've seen a lot of sons and daughters leave. Not leave, you know, but during COVID and everything, people are just spread out. And they watch online and they do all these things. And then you see them, it's weird because we can have half our church here on one Sunday. The rest of the people are just guests. And then the next Sunday, you got the other half of the church that didn't come last Sunday. So I'm like, man, I'm waiting for our family to come back home. But I believe when we shine enough light, when we start doing things the right way, right, and we, our love starts just emitting light throughout this whole you know city and the state guess what that's what happens when people start seeing that and we're all on one one degree of light guess what people will be drawn back to us and i believe our church family will be restored that way when we build it the right way so if isaiah 60 is all about receiving the light this is when you wake up and you just receive the light i want to jump to isaiah 62 we're going to skip over 61 go to 62 because i believe this is what is eventually going to happen Okay, this is what happens. So in 62, it says, For Zion's sake, how can I keep silent? For Jerusalem's sake, how can I remain quiet? I will keep interceding until her righteousness breaks forth like the blazing light of dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. It's a little brighter right now. That's what I'm seeing when I read that. It says, Nations will see your victory vindication and every king will witness your blinding radiance. You will be called by a brand new name given to you from the mouth of Yahweh himself. You will be a beautiful crown held high in the hand of Yahweh, a royal crown of splendor held in an open palm of your God. You will never again be called the abandoned one, nor will your land be called deserted, but you will be called my delight is in you, in your land, my beloved wife. For Yahweh finds his delight in you, and he married your land. As a young man marries the young woman he loves, so your builder's sons will marry you as the bridegroom finds joy in his union with his bride so will your God take joy in his union with you that's what happens that's the that's the that's the icing on the cake is the best way to put it all those things are ready to happen okay all that stuff's going to happen all that's going to happen because guess what people come into a place of enlightenment through a process right and through believing they've come into this place of enlightenment with union with the father under one perspective we get so filled up that all those things happen. You become a source of radiance. That's what he says. The first part is you're receiving light. And in the last part, you're a source of light. <laughs> so it goes from receiving light to, to being the light. 
And what stands between those two is Isaiah 61. And Isaiah 61 tells you how we get there. Okay, that's why I waited to the last, because I want you to focus on how do we get to that radiant light? How do we get to that spot where we're walking around and everybody we come in contact with, their lives are being changed? All glory going to Father. And it says, the mighty spirit of the Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me because Yahweh has anointed me. So how do we do that? We get him wrapped all around us. We get so saturated with Father that he loves us so much that we can't get him off us. He's just all over you. So that's what it takes to get to that brilliant radiance is to be saturated with him. He's wrapped around me because he has anointed me as a messenger to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell captives you are free, and to tell prisoners be free from your darkness. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace. And a time of God's recompense on his enemies, to comfort all who are in sorrow, to strengthen those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful bouquet in a place of ashes, an oil of bliss instead of tears, and the mantle of, a joyous, of joyous praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Because of this, they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness, planted by Yahweh as a living display of his glory. They will restore ruins from long ago and rebuild what was long devastated. They will renew ruined cities and desolations of past generations. Foreigners will be appointed to shepherd your many flocks. Strangers will cultivate your fields and tend your vines. So this is where it starts. So, so we receive the light and then he wraps his loving arms around you and he saturates you with his love. And when that happens, right, it covers you. Why? Because he loves you and he anoints you. He anoints you to go out and do his work. And he says, let me flow through you. So you get saturated, so saturated, like drenched. You know, when I brought that, that rag up here and I soaked it and everywhere I walked, it was dripping everywhere. He says, get that saturated and you'll be a brilliant light. Get that saturated with what? With my love. Just understand how much I love you. You can't do anything for him not to love you. You can't do anything to make him love you more. And you can't do anything to make him love you less. And that'll change some things when you realize that that you're not abandoned it says you won't be abandoned there's an abandoned spirit that will get on people when they feel they don't belong and he says no you won't be abandoned because you're going to know I'm, I've wrapped my arms around you and when you go somewhere after that your identity overshadows everywhere you go that light that's in you will overshadow everywhere you go and things will change I love what it says. Who, who's to say he's going to restore the cities and the ruins? Not us. It says the brokenhearted, the mourning, the poor, those covered in ash, they will be called mighty oaks of righteousness. Those people that are just going through it, we're, you know, been there, <laughs> done that. I'm part of that. I love that. I love the fact that, that we all have testimonies. I love the fact that, that he's picked us all up and dusted us off because here it says we'll be mighty oaks of righteousness. It's not the perfect people. It's not the people that, that, that have always had it all together and said, this is, I'm just perfect. <laughs> Look at me. He says, it's, it's all these people, the brokenhearted, mourning, uh, the poor, those covered in ash. They will be called mighty oaks of righteousness. 
They will do the rebuilding. When God moves in your life, and we're supposed to be living a living display of his glory. That's what it says. The, the, the oaks of righteousness are a living display of his glory. And he says, that's what happens. We're supposed to be a living display of God's glory. So we represent him in every action. So between the prophecy of 60, which is a rise and shine, to 62, where we become a blinding radiance, what has to happen? What happens in that whole process? See, this is where you see it. It's a, it's a group of people that were broken, beat down, abandoned, mourning, didn't belong. All those people, there's a group of people, right? And guess what they do? They get, they get loved. They inherit a revelation of God's love. They realize that there is so much more to life because God loves me. And because I'm going to accept his love, right, they become rebuilders of ruins. They become rebuilders of cities. The people that thought they were done, where other people thought they were done, God says, give them to me. They're not done yet. I ain't even started. He says, give me a chance because I'm ready to rebuild some stuff. And I need those people that were broken. I need those people that went through some stuff. Because I want to grab a hold of them, I want to mold them, and I have a plan for them, and we're going to rebuild some stuff. And he's going to do it through beloved identity. See, beloved identity is the forerunner to reclamation. So you've got to have beloved identity first. Then things will be restored. Then restoration comes. What's beloved identity? He loves you. He loves you more than he ever has. But he can't love you anymore. He loves you more than you ever thought he could. He loves you even if you've walked away from what he had planned for you in the first place. He says, I still love you. And my plans and purpose for you, they're still valid. Just get back in. <laughs> Jump back in. Just say yes. It's where everything starts. believe that in your heart, you can love the world the way he wants us to love the world. We can be the light because we are the light, because we feel that love through him. And unfortunately, the ruins that need to be restored in our land are relationships. It's relationships. It's not broken down cities. It's not rubble here and there. It's that we need to restore the love of the sons and daughters of God. He formed each and every one of us. He created each and every one of us in His image. There's no greater, no weaker. He says, I love you all and I made you in my image. And we have to restore those relationships because, man, we're just not getting along. We just can't seem to do this thing called life. We just can't figure it out. problem with that, that if, if we're not bringing the light, then we're the problem of darkness. Because darkness can't stay where light is. So if you're the light, and there's still darkness, what aren't you doing to walk into the darkness? So there's darkness on earth because we let there be darkness on earth. That goes a little deep. <laughs> Process that one. So here's the thing. We can't sit around focused on the past 
what someone said to you, what someone did to you. We got to move forward in the future. Guess what? If somebody offended you or somebody did something to hurt you, that's life. Get over it. If I offended you or I did something to you, that's life. Get over it. If you did something to me or offended me, that's life. I've been over it. Like, it doesn't bother me. You can't, you're not going to offend me. I don't care. Try. I, I don't care. But that's life. Maybe it was your spouse. Maybe it was your kids. Maybe, maybe it was somebody you worked with. They offended you. Get over it. It's life. My wife uses the term all the time. She says, put on your big boy pants. Get over it. Move on. So we need to forgive and move on. And not allow all this stuff to outweigh the kingdom of God. Because we all belong to the kingdom. And he says, my kingdom is so much more powerful, but I can't do it without you. He goes, we're so focused on everything else, we forget what we're supposed to be doing. And that's building the kingdom. We get so That's why they're out there. All those little side things, they're out there to distract you from doing the works of what Father wants you to do. That's why it says, mind your own business. And don't get offended. Somewhere we forgot our mission. Ephesians 5.8 tells us our mission. It says, in Ephesians 5.8, it says, Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to love as children, or to live as children, flooded with his revelation light. That's what it says. That's our mission. We forget our mission because we get so caught up in offense. All right, so, so we need to get that off us. We need to start operating as children of God, as sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I saw a friend of mine come in today. Hadn't seen him in a bit, and it just reminded me of a story with our sons. Our sons played basketball together. All right, And uh, my son played basketball. Not when he was little. He played when he was really little, but he really started playing basketball in seventh grade. Right, and he tried out for the team, and I was like, "What are you doing? Like, you've never played basketball before." And he said, "Dad, I want to play basketball." So he made the team. I was like, "Awesome!" So I bought him a hoop, put it out in the driveway, said, "There you go." He made the team and didn't get off his the bench the entire. Didn't even play an ounce. Not one. Not one. He just sat at the bench the whole year. For some people, that would have been enough, right? And then he came back his eighth grade year. He made the team. I was like, "Awesome." The whole time he's practicing out in the yard, but I'm like, whatever. In his eighth grade year, I think he got in for like two minutes out of the whole game. I'm like, okay, this is done. Like, we've never, like, I guess we're never playing basketball again. And he goes to high school, tries out, makes, makes the JV team. Doesn't play a single minute the entire year. We're going every game. I'm like, good job, team. And it wasn't, look, it wasn't all because he wasn't good. We did have a really good team at that point. So um, as a sophomore, when he was a sophomore, he was one of the only freshmen to make the varsity team, or only sophomore to make the varsity team, which we were like, yeah, you made varsity. If he would have stayed on JV, he would have played. He went to varsity and didn't play. I'm like, we can't win. But he's practicing and he's practicing and he's practicing. In his junior year, he got in maybe, maybe five minutes <laughs> his whole junior year. 
But his senior year, he didn't come off the court. Because he didn't give up and he didn't get so, he didn't dwell in the past. He didn't say, well, guess what? They're never going to play me or that hurt my feelings. He went outside and he worked and he worked and he worked every single day. Like I couldn't get him off from it. I mean, my son was only 5'11", but he could dunk. Why? Because he practiced every single day out in the yard. He lowered the, the rim down and he just started dunking and he raised it up and started going further. He, that's what he, that's, he was just a dad. I just, that's all I've ever wanted to do in my life. But he never quit because of what somebody said or what somebody did. He said, what do I need to do? I got to work towards the future. I can't look in the past. I need to work towards the future. This is what God's saying. He says, quit looking at the past and don't get offended with everything in the past. To focus on the future, we need to focus on love. Right? Love will change the future. Love is not going to change the past. I believe in understanding past. And I understand, you know, there's a lot of things in the past that help drive us in certain directions. I get it. And that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we need to focus on love. Love's the only thing that's going to change us in the future. Love's the only thing that's going to bring light to the darkness. Love is it. If we stay focused on that, we won't have a problem. But when we focus too much on the past, man, we get so offended that God says, I can't even use you right now because you're not even listening to me. You're so upset at that person and that person and that old boss that you didn't get promoted and this. And he says, man, just focus on the love side. Listen to me. That's why we can't sit around and be offended. Father said the key is to sh the shine in the world is to have his light inside of you. So you can sit the bench and complain or you can actually maybe spread some love and make a difference. You're going to have to choose which one you do in life. He wants you moving forward. So remember, if there isn't enough love and light in the world, it's our fault. Because you chose to sit and not move. There used to be a, I heard this before, we can't sit around and scream at the light or scream at the darkness, right? Why don't we just turn the light on? But we'll spend so much time screaming at darkness that we'll forget to turn the light on. You need to receive that this morning. You got to remember that, that, that understanding the past is important, but, but, but the past is not a precursor to love. Love is a precursor to everything else. Okay, so we need to put that first. So that's the biggest thing missing in the world is his love. And in Isaiah 62.10, as I was in Isaiah 62 reading this, I really wanted to cover it more, but I didn't. But I think I can wrap it up real quick in just a minute. Isaiah 62.10 says, Pass through, pass through the gates and go from old to new. Prepare a new path for the people. Build, build up a highway for them to come to me. Remove every hindrance and unfurl a banner for the nations. I believe our church is supposed to be a highway for people. We are supposed to be a highway for people to come into a relationship with him. That's why we're here. That's why we're right dead in the middle of three counties. 
He says, I need you to be a highway. That's what he's telling us. You need to be a highway. When I look at this, it's just, I think about uh, when Pastor Daisy was here for our, what was it, our two-year anniversary at the church. And I had multiple people on the screen say stuff and multiple people in here say stuff. And the one thing that rang out of multiple mouths is build. They kept hearing this, build. They kept saying, build. Daisy was up here saying, build. Demario, who's down in Florida now, said, build. And for the longest time, I thought, well, we bought the property out back. We're going to build eventually. <laughs> they weren't talking about that. God was telling them for us to build. Build, build the roadway. Build, build the path. Build the highway so people can come to know him right, more because of what we're doing, because of the love that we share, because of the light that we shine across this entire area, this entire region, and now across the world. Because guess what? Even as a company of believers, right, with Brother Bo, guess what we're doing? All we're doing is taking pockets of light from all over the country. And we're bringing people together so we can start connecting the dots so that we can be a bigger light. Why? So we can build a highway for people to know Father. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're called to do. So we need to remove every hindrance. Man. If we don't remove the hindrances, we're never going to rebuild the ruins. And we're going to remain a a desolate place, a dark place. But we can do that. We can do that through everybody in this room, everybody that watches online. We can do it with the other churches. We can do it as, as all the churches in this region. If we could just get on one page, one light, braided together, one perspective, his perspective. Man, we can we can attack this entire state. We can attack this nation. We can attack the world with light. Because that's what we're called to do. Amen. You guys get something out of this today? Come on. Alright. Well, I want to invite my prayer teams forward. Um, so if you're part of that, you can come forward. But you know, I just really wanted to pray for people this morning. Chuck play me something on the keys brother but if I start singing then you know y'all are more than welcome to leave but here's the thing I just believe God's going to work in our hearts tonight and for some of us we've got to break off that that feeling that that we can't be used or we've been too broken for God to use us some of us we need to get out of our old opinions and say you know what man I just want to shine in the light I just want to be a radiant light for other people for some of you, you just got to receive love. There's a lot of people that they just don't even understand how to receive his love and understand that he loves you more than ever. Okay, but, but that's all part of what we have to, to go through. We have to walk through this process of saying, you know what, Lord, I need you to come in and wreck me, change me. That's what we need. So we do have prayer partners up here. I'm just going to pray. Um, and they're going to be up here through through my prayer, and then I'm going to close out. And it'll be up here after service. So if you need prayer, you can find your way. Um, they'll be here for you. Uh, other than that, I just want you to bow your heads. And we just cover this in prayer. So, Father, we love you. Man, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your love in this house. And, Father, how you're reaching churches all across this region. Father, we just submit to you. We thank you for Father, I ask you right now to touch the heart of those that, man, that want to be different. Father, that, that want to step out of the norm and just be your light. Father, touch their hearts right now. Bring peace over them. 
Father, touch those that want to be used by, by you, Father God. Father, I ask you to bring divine appointments to people in this house. That, Lord, they'll be able to run into people that are in darkness and they can be the light that day for them. Father, just soften our hearts on all our opinions and everything we think of that, that, that puts that prior to you and who you are. So, Lord, I just ask you to touch them. Touch them in this house. And, Father, maybe there's some people here, and maybe this is you. It's that first step of knowing him. It's that first step of saying, all right, I can trust in you, Father. I want to climb up in your lap. I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. Because that's where it all starts. You can't receive a beloved identity unless you know who Father is. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you've been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. For it was a love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. It says you can't earn your way into heaven. You can't be rewarded to get to heaven. He said, then you just got to receive it. He just says, receive my love this morning. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, that if you declare in your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. My biggest thing there is that, man, this is something in your heart. This isn't just a Bible verse you pray or a prayer you pray and you're automatically saved. You've got to believe in your heart. And when you believe in your heart, things will change in your life. You're going to repent. You're going to walk away from whatever you're doing, but it's going to change the way you think about things. That's repentance. So if that's you this morning, nobody's looking. I just want to know if there's anybody in this room this morning that wants to receive him like that, receive a father like that. All you got to do is lift your hand so I can see. Doesn't have to be stay up. It's just quick because I just believe that the Lord wants to touch some hearts. I see it. Come on, I see it. I see it. So we're going to pray as a, as a church. Just gonna pray this together. Say, Jesus, I need you. I kept you out of my life for too long. Can't do it on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my savior. I know you died on the cross and rose again just for me. Today, I surrender my life to you. Come on, let's put our hands together. Look, if you said that prayer, man, we, we want to help you. We have resources, so I do have a, some, some cool books and stuff, but we want to talk with you, want to get to know you. And on the 8th of, 8th of August is baptism, and that's the next step. So you're not going to miss out on anything. It's like get signed up because, one, I love baptisms. We do a baptism celebration around here. So um, please get signed up for that. Let somebody know. Fill out a Connect card for me. Fill that out if said that prayer for the first time there's some people that didn't raise your hand and that's fine but if you said that prayer for the first time and truly believe it fill out that connect card so we can reach out to you and get you resources and and love on you a bit but man um whew. so jeff why don't you come up here brother usually i turn it over to kevin and he closes us out but uh pastor kevin and crystal they are um still out in california with crystal's family they just uh um had the funeral for her brother and everything and they're doing well and they can't wait to get back home he says california is way too hot so he says man i'm ready to get back home with my family and i told him we're ready to get get them back here so we can love on them a little bit um so he's ready to get back so 
Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Jeff. You got the mic, brother. Will you close this out and receive offering and all that good stuff, brother? Absolutely. <coughs> Is this Love on? I, I, I tell you, I miss Kevin and Crystal also. I know they weren't there, and I, I, I actually asked Pastor, I said, because I love talking about tithing and offering, <laughs> and, no. and I have so many testimonies, I thought, hey, this would be an opportunity, so I shared that with him, I said, he said, yeah, maybe so, we'll see, so I spent time praying, but you know what, God changes things sometimes, I'm so, we, we love it when God really orchestrates things, because I sat over here and prayed, and I said, so, so the job is to take up tithe and offering and close, there's more of an emphasis on closing this morning. I'm going to get back to that. So let's do the tithe and offering thing. I'm going to share a testimony some other day. I got a lot of them, but let's just do this. Um, if, you're, if you're visiting with us, this isn't for you. Um, if you could bring up Holly and me back there uh, on the screen, some ways to give. There are multiple ways you can give. We may have people by the door. This is only my second time. I'm still learning how to do this, so you'll bear with me here. Okay, there's some people by the door. You can give online. Um, I really want to emphasize this.
I've loved, Pam and I've loved about this church is its presence. Okay, that's why what I'm saying everyone.